gentlemen, welcome to the most electrifying must listen to podcast in sports entertainment. Welcome to FFD. I am your host, man without a computer, Lord of Timeliness, Damian Gentile Ellinghouse, accompanied as always by good friend and lover of functional microphones, Ryan Doyle. I have the premiere set up this week. I can't handle you. That. You have the premiere set up, my friend. Uh, and not only is this the premiere setup, but we're doing this shit on Zoom because we are the most professional wrestling podcast in existence today. Uh, and because we're so professional, not only are we here on Zoom on AirPod Pros, but we even picked tonight to have a guest, Ryan, didn't we? Oh, we sure did. I believe so, these are. Wait, wait. Oh, do. Do we have a five-time FFC champion amongst our mitts? Surely this is not five times. It might be five is times. This, this is five times? He's Tell either, me you did not just say that. <laughs> he's, either, well, he's either tied with Desmond or uh, we have a, we have, we just told him that. Well, if this is, if this is the five time, five time, five time, five time, five time FFC world champion, then let me be Woo. the first to crown him and introduce him the Lord of Shred himself, the grunt of gent, Matt Brescia. Welcome Hi. back to the pod. Hi, it's it's great to be back. It is great to be back. I haven't I haven't been on in so long. And you picked a great time to be here because the road to WrestleMania has come to an end, and it is paved with the road to WrestleMania. Because here tonight we are going fully in depth two nights of WrestleMania in beautiful Hollywood, California, which is like drowning right now. But we like drowning because it's better than fire. Uh, we got <laughs> NXT stand up. I don't know. Maybe I, I last time I saw it was raining. We've got NXT stand and deliver. We've got. Super card of honor. Just uh, uh, and of course we've got all the myriad of indie stuff going on. I'm pretty sure Create a Pro Homecoming might be happening this weekend as well. The long-awaited return of MJF to his home promotion. Uh, so just a just a big just a big fucking weekend. Um, so lads, without further ado, we got to get into it, and it would be impossible to get into a, a, an episode of this magnitude without something to consume. So, Ryan, show me the polar, Daddy. Oh, just kidding. Oh, just kidding. That's right. Pop is back on the wagon. Damien has made me a full-blown alcoholic again, so props to Damien. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have an Armageng. I have the definitive Armageng. Uh, the Hennepin. That's right. My favorite Belgian farmhouse style. Saison ale. It's like a Belgian wheat. They don't call is it the, that. Is the Hennepin like their their big flagship? I always thought it was the wit. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'll call it that. I'll call so you're it, just I'll, saying things. I'm just saying things. Okay. You know, Mr. Amagang, my my uh my uncle, Doyle Amagang. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, it's doing great. <laughs> um, well, I'm not a man. I'm not a man with a particularly large amount of creativity. 
so I'm just drinking cold snap again. Sam Adams, cold snap, the true five time plus FFC champion. Uh, that would be uh, Voodoo Ranger, my friend. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Voodoo Ranger is, <laughs> is unbeaten. For or sure. during our uh, during our pandemic episodes when all I had was my dad's Bud Light, and that's what I had to. <laughs> uh, look at all these problem reports popping up on my computer. Oh, great. That's fun. That's fun. Matt, what are you joining us with? Uh, you know, this uh, this podcast it like. It makes me seem like I'm not like a good drinker. Truth be told, I don't drink alcohol anymore that much. Um, it's just, you know, no no particular reason. I just never get around to doing it. All right, man. Uh, well, it's been really great to have you on the podcast. <laughs> for but uh, you know, what I'm saying is, this podcast makes me. It, it makes me seem like I, I I'm I'm not good at. Uh, I don't have good taste. But uh, so tonight I I'm going to flex that I have really good taste. Is I have a uh, a Miller Lite. Let's go. Definitive. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be a member of Sargasm if I wasn't drinking Miller Lite. So, shout out to my boys. Uh, yeah, that's is it great taste or is it less filling? Uh, yes. Yeah, the crazy thing is it might be both. Oh. I uh, I mean, as far as the shit domestics go, I'm usually either drinking Coors Banquet or Miller Lite. So there we you go. Know, God bless it. God, uh, God bless the Rockies. I'll and- still grab Miller Genuine if I can find it. Ooh, right. yeah, MTD. MTD is a good call. Plus, it comes in the little squat bottles, right? That's Miller Genuine. Those are the banquets. That course banquet. That's the, banquets. the banquets. Yeah, that's the superior beer. It really is. Well, we crack, we pop, we sip. To those about to die, we will watch you wrestle and salute you. Cody. Get, get it up. It's called, it's called a promo, buddy. If you're going to be at the top, you got to get good at it. All right, Ryan. So let's not fuck about, but real, real, real quick. Just run me down the stand and deliver and super card of honor uh, cards. Bro, nobody cares about those. Let's get right to it. I mean, nobody. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Everyone's here for WrestleMania. I can talk about ring of honor later. That's fine. All right. No, no, Listen. no, 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 no. I have it. It's fine. It's fine. You're right. We'll talk about it later. It is the weekend of champions. The 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 showcase of the immortals. The grandest stage of them all. WrestleMania. Is this 50? This is 50, right? No. 39. 36. Are we not up to 50 yet? We're not even up to 40 yet. I think you mean <laughs> I think you mean the Super Bowl. Yeah, you think that's what you're thinking of. Probably do mean the Super Bowl. So, WrestleMania um, 83, Hollywood, California, known for palm trees, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Rock, uh, Hollywood uh, Marquise Brown. I forget what his name is. Meta World Peace. Meta World Peace. LeBron James. And now WrestleMania. This has been arguably the most exciting past year of WWE programming in a very long time. Not just because of the story at the top, because of course WrestleMania is the culmination of all storylines of WWE, but this year more than anything, it is the culmination of the Bloodlines 
story and Roman Reigns' legacy alongside the Usos, the wise man Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa um, taking on the unlikely triumvirate of Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Cody uh, on two different nights. So I I feel pretty comfortable in saying that this is this is probably the best year I think WWE has had in in an extremely long time. Am I am I joined in that opinion? Long time. Long, long time. time. I'm almost curious to go back to last year's episode and you know, not that WrestleMania last year didn't over deliver, but just the attitude and the uh the expectations coming into it because I'm sure we were just like all right, we got Omos versus this guy, Braun Strowman. What's going to happen? Oh, we got a Vince match. But it was definitely, it was almost like a chapter closing, you know? And the great part about it is that when WWE is bad, Triple H can blame Vince. When WWE is good, it's Triple H. So everything's riding high for him at that point. Oh, I got to say, uh, this is the first year I could think of where WWE is the product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the one. It is the soul. Like, you think, like, it, it, you said, like, you go back to last year's Wrestle, WrestleMania, you think of, like, oh, it's just WWE. It was just part of wrestling as a whole that you consume. You know, a little taste of wrestling. What is WWE doing nowadays? Because you're concerned with this and you're concerned with that. And in a year where, Sasha Banks is is part of New Japan. WWE is the hottest promotion, and it's weird, mm-hmm. but but it it's it is true, you know. It is, and and a lot of the times when WWE has been the biggest wrestling company in the world uh, over the last twenty three years, you know, a lot of the times that was just it felt like because it was WWE and not because it was the promotion putting on the best shows or, you know, feeling the most exciting. And especially, you know, when New Japan really got hot between 2014 and 2018, uh, and, you know, AEW coming into existence after that, the pandemic happening, uh, WWE started feeling real, real rough. Especially, you know, it wasn't all... Bad, of course, Kofi Mania, the Yes Movement, right? And not all of the 2000, you know, the early aughts and such were bad, but uh, New Japan and AEW and Ring of Honor at that time for sure all felt like by far the places you want to go for premier wrestling. I was about to say, even before AEW, like, we were still probably more hyped for those Kenny New Japan Wrestle Kingdoms over whatever WrestleMania was that year. And for American fans who who maybe didn't follow New Japan as much, you you know, yes, NXT's WWE, fair play. But when you talk about the main roster, the fact that WrestleMania uh, could sometimes feel overshadowed by a takeover, you know, the fact that the black and gold brand felt like the real freshest product a lot of the time. And that was because it was essentially Ring of Honor. You know, there was a lot wrong with WWE. And don't get me wrong. We haven't fixed all of the ills, you know, going into WrestleMania. The women's matches in particular feel like they lack some depth. Um, I have a theory you know, on that, by the way, but we, we, we can get that to that later. And, you know, with with rumors being that Vince is, in fact, in charge of creative, that obviously brings up some, you know, concerns. But overall, 
this has really been a banner year for WWE where undisputedly they feel like just the top to bottom most entertaining product you can watch right now. And that is really saying something because we are no fed podcast. We've made that very clear. I'm a new Japan boy. I wear my new Japan shirt with pride. I I'm an AEW guy, you know, but you got to give when you're a wrestling fan, you got to just be able to be happy with good wrestling. And there's good wrestling all over the planet right now, this weekend, no matter what else is happening, it's all eyes on WrestleMania for sure. Um, and so without further ado, Ryan, let's start going through the card. Uh, night one, hit me with it. What do we, what do we got going on? So I don't think everything has been officially established for each night just yet. Yes. So what I'm going to do, this is true. What I'm going to do is just go over the card. I'll go from the bottom or what I think is going to be towards the bottom and then we'll work our way up. Okay. So, uh, to kick things off. We have the what I like to call the paycheck match. We have Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus Viking Raiders. The four-way tag team match. Uh, you know, I mean, not much to this. It's gonna be, you know, just a fun match. I will say, see if you guys agree with me on this. This is probably the last time we're gonna see Street Profits together. I could eat my words there, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna have a disastrous breakup probably quite the opposite they're gonna go probably their separate ways after wrestlemania and uh for the better you know like obviously montez is gonna be a star i think he proved himself beyond that in elimination chamber you can even argue even before that but uh you know hawkins man he's gonna he's gonna do just fine on his own but you know not to stray too far away from that um yeah it's gonna be fun fun little tag match how do you guys feel about this one Matt, you can go first. Uh, there's going to be a ricochet spot, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Probably, probably involving uh, the mass of human that Braun Strowman is, as like a, you know, like a, a jumping off point, like like a turnbuckle. He's going to see a a, a four fifty off of Braun Strowman. I, I think the old, I think that's uh, on the bingo card. You know, Ray Mysterio, old Big Show spot. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I look at this as just, hey, welcome to everybody to WrestleMania. You hear the part of this circus act, you will see such things as, and they do that. And, you know, and you get, you get some shine for a bunch of guys that are low in the card and, and you move on, you know? It would Maybe be you fun. Your light shine down. <laughs> It'd be fun if Michael Cole, in fact, treated it as like an introduction to wrestling. It was like, and here you're going to see. Uh, the Viking Raiders set up for what's known as a vertical suplex. Uh, a German suplex coming for Braun Strowman here. Or if he just uh, went all out and like pretended it was like the main event. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get all the spots. You're gonna get you're gonna get the choo-choo spot. You're gonna get the flippy spot. You're gonna get the yep. smoke spot. You're gonna yep. get the caterpillar. You're gonna get yep. the shoosh. And you're gonna yep. get the yep. whatever the the Viking Raiders do. Boom. Well, they're just four, good. They're just four, it's just good. Just a good tag team. You sell four t-shirts right there. I <laughs> almost forget, like Viking Raiders when they were War Machine on fucking Ring of Honor New Japan, dude. They really tore mm-hmm. up shit. And yeah, they were even on NXT. Like there was one, like the not. I mean, obviously FTR went above and beyond where they are right now, but like that initial like 
prominence and like the future bestowed upon them. War Machine definitely had that at one time. So, yep. you know, I, I like to see so, them get back up there. I think they're serviceable. Yeah, nothing, nothing to overthink here too much. Um, whoever wins this will likely be the number one contenders for the tag titles to be decided later that night. If everything goes according to the way we would expect, we would ex- probably we'd probably expect a heel team to come together. And being that it looks like they're starting to turn Gable more sympathetic as Otis goes uh, over to the MOM. Maximum, maximum male models. Triple M's, that's right, triple M's. Uh, who oh, are geez. are doing... Who are doing just great fun as a lower card, you know, Brizango, Brizango-esque act. Uh, money's probably on Viking Raiders. But yeah, you're going to see all the spots here. To Ryan's point, um, after what Montez Ford did at the Elimination Chamber, and mind you, lads, he's, uh, I think he's you, you guys' his age. Born in 1990. So when you talk about the future of the company, he is absolutely squarely in that age range you know a lot of wwe their biggest stars they're hitting their mid 30s their late 30s you know thin aging aging's like 46 like guys are getting up there montez ford is exactly who you expect to be in the main event for a long time i do hope that we do not see any sort of you know rockers Janetti throwing himself through a window shenanigans but um this might be this might be the last time you see them really tagging together. If for no other reason than uh, Tez is undeniable, he's undeniable. He's got everything you want in a superstar. He's really a ten out of ten wrestler, and I would really love to see what he could do in some singles feuds. So yeah, you're, you're going to see plenty of good stuff here. But let's chug along. Let us chug along. Uh, what is one point I wanted to make about that? Eh, I guess it was just like, I think the Street Profits are going to win. So, sure. Oh, I think the Street Profits are going to win. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> a bold take. A bold take. Can't really. It, it's interesting that you think it's the last time you'd see them together if they then win. I think, it, well, you know, like I said, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think they're going to, like I said, it's not going to be a Janetti breakup. I don't think they're going to do that where, well, you know, even like where before APA broke up where, uh, you know, JBL just it's turned beers, on the Spears in hand. Yeah, JBL turned on some white guy power, but uh, uh, I should probably shouldn't be using those words. Anyway, uh, next to our next match, <laughs> we have the women's uh, tag team equivalent. We have Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. And uh, the so main... announced. What? I'm sorry. They it, you it wasn't clear who was going to be that fourth team, so now it's announced that it'll be Sonya and Chelsea Green. So the main thing standing out here is Ronda Rousey opening up WrestleMania. What I mean, like you know, obviously we can't all be at the top all the time, and we certainly should not, you know, take that attitude with anybody. But yeah, I don't know, quite the fall from grace here. I feel like I've said this a few times uh, and I'd be interested if Matt feels similarly, but the whole like four horse women versus the four horse women of MMA thing felt so goddamn forced. It was numbing because Rhonda coming in fine. Shayna fine. 
Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. Those those four are supposed to be on the same level as arguably the four most important women in modern wrestling history. Yeah, they never really it, struck on those last two, though. So I think that was the inherent problem on it. Yeah, think, but you can't book it like that if they don't matter in the first place. I think that's uh, one of those things like you write that down on paper for me and I read it and I go, oh, that's got to be pretty good. You're like, what if I told you it really wasn't? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you could put Ronda Rousey in, in the four horse women of MMA for sure. Um, yeah, it's sure. just like Shayna is good as far as like she's earned her stripes in, in wrestling, especially being a WWE wrestler, I would say. Yep. You know, she was a really dominant long. NXT champion, sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. And she she did really well over there, and she's been at it for years and years at this point. The other two, it is what it is. Um, I think a lot of people wanted is this like I don't want to say first time, but like first real stretch of time that her and Rhonda have actually teamed up. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's agreed. Because there was they, very, right, that's tension built up over the years of everybody wanting them to be a team, right? Because it was always foreshadowed that they were going to be and then never really turned out that way. But now it, it has, I guess there's that to take with it. So maybe it's not necessarily burying her to keep her, you know, so early in the night or whatever, but she's just not the attraction she used to be, you know, like she doesn't put as many asses in seats anymore and, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I meant by my earlier comment. Like, you know, like I said, everybody can't be at the top all the time. It's right, just, it's right. It's interesting to where we were. Uh, Jesus Christ, eight. Was it, it hasn't been eight years ago. When did she debut? Was it, it was at the... Wasn't uh, it 2016? Yeah, it's been eight years. Jesus Christ. All right, so when, when she first came in with The Rock, like we thought we were witnessing, like, the premier women star. It was just... Brock was that. But a girl. Yeah. That's what no, I, thought. I mean, I was like, yeah, yeah that, that makes that. sense. That's that's what it is. So, you know, we'll see. I almost kind of wish that they just, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that they just did Shayna and uh, and Rhonda by themselves that that would probably slap. But, you know, we are where we are. And uh, it's the women's paycheck match. So, uh, I don't think, you know, interestingly, it was reported on, I think Rhonda said this herself. Um, I think it was speculated that she that they wanted to put her in the title match and she actually asked to be with Shayna instead. I think that she was expecting a title tag match at WrestleMania mm-hmm. instead yeah. of what they got. Uh and Ronda has gone on the offensive about creative a little bit as of late, feeling that her feud with Liv was really booked poorly and I honestly do agree. I, I agree mean, with her nothing, on that. Yeah. Nothing about that feud really made sense, and I don't put that on either of them. Um, but, you know, when it comes to wrestling, Ronda a little bit became her own worst enemy because if you're going to do a meta wrestling is fake gimmick, it really can't It can't be from Ronda Rousey, uh, who's trying to come in, become a star, and then is seemingly reacting to the fans not taking to her by being like, well, the thing you guys like is fake anyway. Like nobody, nobody wins by just having one of their biggest stars come out and just over and over be like, wrestling's fake. It's not real. Like 
everybody knows it. All right. It's not 2000 anymore. That's fine. But like nobody wins. And let's face facts, she's always been real good in the ring, and she lacked everything else. And that star power dulled by the time, you know, by now, even a couple years after she came in. And then she, like, takes her ball, goes home. And, you know, for better or for worse, those two knockouts in a, in UFC did her no favors. She just kind of comes off like a little bit of a crybaby. So her and Shayna winning this match to go on and face Becky and Lita, um, it would be my assumption here but uh yeah i think that she was trying to do the kurt angle and um you know whether or not that was wwe not wanting to strike on that you know we want we want her to be our main women's star we need her as a face um i get that aspect of it it was just executed poorly on their part yeah, but even mind part. even mind you with kurt the only thing that kurt would ever say implying that wrestling wasn't real in cave no not even that not even was, that just 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 the reaction to the crowd like you guys should cheer me like i'm an oh yeah hero. but like kurt kurt made it funny kurt made it like i'm this petulant baby man who can't take the crowds chanting you suck true. until they yeah. started chanting it out it's of true out of love and also the most that kurt ever did is kurt a legitimate athlete you know the art you know has been ranked the best amateur wrestler of all time by wrestling magazines um the most he would ever do is say no one can out wrestle me which was like just a fact of life and didn't impact kayfabe because the only it's not like matt wrestling was the only part of wrestling so kurt angle could go out there and be like I am the best on the mat. Nobody. This is, is real wrestling. Yeah, like no, nobody was ever going to be bothered by that. You know, because yeah. you're like, yeah, you want a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Good point. But uh, whatever. We move on. Uh next up we have, and I'm sure Damien is very excited for this because he is the world's biggest homosexual. It is Brock Lesnar <laughs> versus Omos. Now. <laughs> well, before you go into whatever it is you're going to say, let me just say um, this match made me very angry, all right? Made me very angry as a fan who really just wanted to see him and Bobby Lashley again, but also who was like, like, what the fuck is this? However, however, two points must be made here. First off, um, almost has gotten better, all right? Indisputably, he has gotten better. Do I think he's a top tier talent? You know, no, he's no the giant. He's no early big show, but he is getting better and that's fine. Second off, Brock is doing everything in his power to put almost over and watching Brock finally be put in a position where he's actually struggling when the only time we've really seen that in recent times was with Goldberg. Um, I am actually curious as to how this match works because I don't know that it is a lock that Brock Lesnar wins this match. The company is clearly high on almost Brock Lesnar is one of the more, you know, surprisingly unselfish wrestlers when it comes to good storytelling and booking and what does and doesn't make sense. If he likes you, if he likes you, if he doesn't like you, you get Ambrose, but as a general rule, Brock does what he feels is best for business. And if he feels like what's best for business is putting almost in a position where almost can be the next big monster, he'll put him over. 
And I can't think of many things that will rocket you to the top than a dominant win over Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So I, I am more intrigued than when they first announced it out of nowhere. Matt, you've been watching as long as me, and you know you remember like Brock Lesnar 1.0 coming into Monday Night Raw and destroying shit. You right. know, um, how do you feel about Lesnar now? Like, we're it's fair to say we're at so like 2.0. I guess would have been him coming back. 3.0 would have been like uh, I'd say know, post three... after I... Taker, I guess. Right, the guy, the guy that beats Taker. Yeah. So, th- so is this four? Is what you're saying? This is probably four point oh. Yo, um, it's weird. You know, like if I'm making, if I'm constructing like a greatest of all time list, and you say his name to me, yeah, then logically I think Brock is one of the best of all time. But when I'm constructing that list, maybe my brain doesn't immediately think of him. It's weird. But with that said, he's always been a guy that's blurred the lines so much more than the average, like. Brock Lesnar is his strongest attribute in wrestling to me is the suspension of disbelief. I think he's better at it than anybody ever. Um, Because like with people like the undertaker, you gotta, you gotta pretend like the guy that works at the cemetery is also a really good wrestler. (laughs) You know, Brock Lesnar never claimed to be, he's always been Brock Lesnar. Um, And I think Brock Lesnar now with all of that said, not to diminish him, we're just, uh, we're, we're, this is Brock Lesnar DLC content, you know? This mm-hmm. is cow- Cowboy Brock is a skin that you get for <laughs> the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great, yeah. great way to put it. Yeah. You have to, you have to unlock, uh, WWF live from Times Square. You have to lock that stage. Then you're gonna, then you're then you're gonna unlock Michael Cole. Right. Then you can unlock. You gotta beat the Cowboys game with Michael <laughs> Michael Cole on hard and only win on submissions, and you'll get the Cowboy Brock. And Brock Lesnar will approach you in a cutscene <laughs> as a cowboy is. That's what we had to do, kids. We didn't pay no fucking ninety nine cents. We had to pay my. We had to play Michael Cole on hard fucking mode. Yeah, yeah. Some some <laughs> yeah. guy found it and they put it in a fucking magazine that you read when you were on your like on the floor in a grocery store reading the magazine really quick because your parents ain't buying you that shit, you know? I gotta go. I gotta find it. <laughs> but wait, Cowboy Brock Lesnar. No, it's just, he's just DLC, man. And he's 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 the great. He's the greatest. And this is just like, this is after, this is post Brock Lesnar. You know, that's that's what I'd say. And like you said, he only, he's only gonna put over people he likes. And have at this point, he knows even just having a match with him is putting someone over. So, yep. you know, it is what it is. That's my, uh, that, yeah. yeah. My only one consolation would be that, you know, I, I went back and I watched the uh, the Kurt Angle Lesnar match from Mania in, uh, I think it's 21. But, you know, obviously he did what he had to do in life. And, you know, he became an absolute mega legend in MMA. Right. But I missed I missed that pro wrestling Brock Lesnar. And I think that now is an opportunity for him to kind of reclaim that and it's not just German suplex, German suplex, German suplex. So the only thing I'm really looking for this match is whether or not almost wins, if it's a good showing by him, because I think that's ultimately what we're getting at at the end of the day. And if we actually get a wrestling match with this one. So as long as those two points hit, this is going to be a good one. Well, if you're looking for a match with 
almost to be like a wrestling match, then I don't think you're playing to Omos's strength. But with that being said, I understand your larger point. This is probably the most pro wrestler version of Brock we've seen since like 2002, 2004. And, you know, even just watching him run the ropes against Omos, just like reminding you how fucking fast he is, um, him being a little slimmer, uh, just, yeah, I, I just don't want it. I don't want a Goldberg-esque squash, and I don't want a, you know, four-minute match and then it's over. I would like, I'd like to see something interesting from Omos. I'd like to see, like you said, Brock almost try to, you know, beat Omos without his strength for once on his side, but more his, like, guile is his, his wrestler's instincts. But... At the end of the day, I'm more interested than when they first announced it. And that's and and this is probably the like least interesting match of WrestleMania. And it's still not that bad. So we're we're doing fine from that angle. That's a big compliment, honestly. Yeah. Absolutely. So what what comes next? What comes next? Well, what comes next is father versus son. We have now here's here's a big one. Now we're cooking, baby. Now you got a stew. Uh, we have on our hands father versus son, Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. Um, first off, I just want to give hats off to Dominic because in the last year he really took the opportunity to, uh, you know, kind of reform himself. You know, when Dominic first debuted and I heard him talk, I was like, oh boy. I was like, they really want to make this kid. Not that he couldn't work. I mean, like, I'm not gonna. His dad's fucking it's fine. Mysterio. It's, it's fine. fine, exactly. So I, I, they really went a long way to get him over. Sticking him with Judgment Day was the perfect move. Uh, it looks like he's taking elements from his uncle, or should I say, real father in Eddie Guerrero, which was a great move by him. And, uh, you know, I mean. We kind of just been seeing the storyline go on and off for the last year, year and a half now. So to see it actually culminate uh, at an actual match is going to be fun. Um, Matt, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, what I want to hear from Matt is because Rey Mysterio is going into the Hall of Fame right before. Uh, the last time somebody went into the Hall of Fame and went to WrestleMania, maybe not the last time, but you know, one of the more noteworthy times was Ric Flair, who then proceeded to, you know, lose to Shawn Michaels in his infamous match. So what I want to hear from Matt oh, is... Oh, you mean, uh, you mean the absolute last match he would ever wrestle, ever? The last yeah. match that either Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair ever had. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Literally, very, like, they would never, ever... They ever, were never seen again in a wrestling ever. ring, yeah. Right, that's right, yeah. exactly right. the one. Right. No, what I want to hear from Matt, though, is, you know, Rey Mysterio entering the Hall of Fame, you know, what... How do you feel about him at this stage of his career getting this type of spot against the Sun? Like, what is what does that mean for you as a fan your whole life, you know, having watched Rey Mysterio come up? All right. So I think, uh, like, just to speak on... Not to, not to cut you off, but just for clarification, Matt has been watching Rey Mysterio way before me, so... Right, I, I, I guess I, I, I've seen this guy a, a, a while. I, I can speak on like him being really young and, and, and a bunch of like cool stuff that he did. But more importantly, one thing I want to acknowledge about him: 
right before AEW became a thing. And as they were going to do all out, without getting like into too much detail of why things didn't happen, he was there. He was around all of that shit. He did that little New Japan event when New Japan t- did an event in America for the first time. And a lot of people forget about this. We almost did not get Ray, this mo- this version of Ray. That's only a couple years ago, realistically. So it's like it's interesting to think of like he could have been an AEW guy. He was really, really close to being an AEW guy, I think. He had to have been they had to have been talking to him because he was supposed to have a match with I believe it was like Jushin Liger that they were gonna have in America. Yeah. Um and Damien uh, could correct me on this. I think he was supposed to be at Wrestle Kingdom that year. And whatever it was with um WWE, you know, they're like, all right, we can't we can let certain guys go, but we can't let, you know, this legend go. Uh, yeah, you're right. We forget about that. Well, you, you almost didn't get him. You almost didn't get this version of Ray. Um, and I think, you know, obviously he's a Hall of Fame career. Um, I think his WCW career is like he could have stayed away from WWE and maybe they would have even considered him just for being like such a like a high profile WCW guy, um, which I think the one thing that um, – his son has it done is taking taking a few uh notes on Ray without the mask. Because Ray without the mask was such a brilliant thing. He was such a little piece of shit heel. We forget and, about that. And I think that it's so that's does when, he. So does he. <laughs> he. I understand. I get it. Um I think I think it's great. I think he's probably having the time of his life with his son doing this whole like, you know, program together. And obviously, you know, it, it, he might reek of performance center but dom is at the very least like okay he's a wwe guy now you know he might have the least convincing you know strikes in all of wrestling you know and he might just be that guy forever but this little character that he's developed is great i'm sure ray has had a lot to say and do with how that's worked out the people involved you get it's so weird that you're talking about Ray and his son and, and, and Finn Bauer has been there for all of it. You know, that's like a weird thing, you know, like to, to be related to all of it. Um, the whole thing with Ray Ripley, I think is hilarious. Um, I think that Ray doesn't even have to be inducted into the hall of fame by his son. Like that whole thing works out because he kayfabe hates his son. And it just, everything I think has lined up. I think it's, <laughs> it's it, I think it's great. I think they've done nothing but great comedy. And the only way to get over a guy that's, semi-lackluster in the ring and kind of terrible on the mic is to make them funny. That's all you ever got to do, you know? Yeah, and I don't like. I don't know if they really set out when he first came into uh, WWE if they really wanted him to be the, like, El Ejo de Mysterio. All they have to make him be is a WWE guy. And, you know, as long as they hit on that, then he's golden, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, uh, speaking on uh, Dominic Mysterio, not Ray. Obviously, Ray is like, top five greatest in-ring performers of all time at least you can make that argument that's not what i'm saying you know like dominic is what i'm saying yeah um, that that's what i meant that i'm i i i said the son of mysterio like they were gonna put the mask on him right right fucking shebang. right yeah he, he, you can't do it first of all he's too tall yep. um it's it's just not convincing you know and second of all performance center he reeks of the performance center um but i i think it's great i think his the character that he plays is absolutely hilarious now dominic uh, even though this question is about Ray Mysterio, I think that says a lot. 
is that uh look at what he's doing now like what part of his career is is he in oh he's turning his son into a legend you know if Brock Lesnar is at 4.0 Ray Mysterio is at 16.0 in his yeah. career yeah for real I don't know how he's not 78 years old Ray Mysterio has been around for like five decades of wrestling and he's 30. Like, yeah, how did that's that work? Right. I, feel, I feel like this, I feel like this was a real missed opportunity to call him version six one nine. Ooh. Ooh. But, nice. uh, you know, you got, you got the, you got the points nice. in that one. Ooh, yeah, okay. Um, I honestly don't think I have anything to add, Matt. I think that was a really wonderful summation of just how important Ray Mysterio has been to the larger wrestling landscape. And, um, to be honest, as weird as it sounds, you know, there are some guys that you hope leave a promotion because you want to see what they can do in other places. There are some guys that, you know, you're hoping they broke out of WWE and you see what they can do. There are guys that you hope broke out in AEW, New Japan, blah, blah, blah. Ray being the extremely well-traveled wrestler that he was, like, you know, like you said, if not legend status, his stint between Mexico, ECW, and WCW would have already cemented him as one of the most important wrestlers uh, for and, like cruiserweight. And not to flyers. not to cut you off, but hear me out. Think of the people that you know from that era who's who didn't do what Ray did in WWE that you still remember. La Parker, yes. super crazy. Um, Juventud Guerrero, like all those names that come from that luchador style that WCW picked up, that ECW, that they were doing those matches, are legends. And yep. they are those names, and they have a legendary high caliber career. So j just for Ray to do that, and then also have an even longer stretch as being a superhero in the comic book that is WWE, you know, it's 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 incomparable to most people. I 100% agree. And look, would Ray in a, you know, best of super juniors or whatever been awesome? Yeah, of course. Would Ray being an AEW be really cool? Yeah, of course. But I absolutely feel that he was one of those rare people where I was like, you know what? Outside of like a few things here and there, like obviously like the one day world heavyweight reign, probably the biggest black mark on his WWE career. Um, not a lot of bad things you can say about how Ray has been treated by WWE he, uh, up until he got released. He did show up as a really bad number 30 in the Royal Rumble. And that's, Oof, that's, I remember that's that rough. Yeah. That's kind of rough, he, man. <laughs> that's, that's right. But, but you know, the, the highs definitely outnumber the lows and for him to be able to come back and help guide his son to the spot that he's in where Dominic is primed to, if nothing else, worst case scenario, if Dominic goes on to be like the next generation's Baron Corbin, that's a fucking huge success by itself. You know, um, just a good, reliable heel that can put on a decent match and make you really angry. That's all you need. He's been outstanding in Judgment Day. And... You know, I think Ray being able to come back and do this is so cool. It really doesn't matter who wins yet. Like, sure, from a storyline perspective, Dom needs to get his comeuppance. But also, it's Ray, and this is his son. And Ray might want to put over his son as the biggest fucking heel in wrestling. So who who the hell knows? They're doing pretty good, I'd say. I'd say they're, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, doing 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 pretty good. So uh, I'm just I'm just excited to watch it, and it's been a really great. Uh, feud, and I'm, I'm happy to see it play out now. 
Oh yeah, baby. So let's keep cooking here. We have uh gonna be a gonna be a fun match because we have two returning superstars in our midst. And I'm talking about, of course, uh damage control versus Lita versus Becky Lynch and the returning Trish Stratus. This is going to be your uh, return superstar of the night. The return superstar match. I feel like this is like almost, almost tradition with WWE. Now they try to find somebody that they can bring back uh, to get the premier spotlight. Now, I know about you guys. I didn't really expect Trish Stratus to come back. I am really happy about it. If for no other reason than like, with no disrespect to the women of her era, I've said this before, Trish was pretty close to head and shoulders above her peers when it came to like being a wrestler. And she was one of the few, you know, quote unquote divas that was allowed to actually like wrestle. Um, Trish, aside from looking incredible for being in her what mid forties, if not older, like just, from a fucking athletic perspective, 47. Uh, she proved she can still fucking go. And I'm really looking forward to her working with like Bailey or Io Shirai, Io Sky, sorry, or Dakota. Like, I'm excited about that. I almost wish it was Becky and Trish that were the tag team instead of Lita, but you know, is what it is. Never really forgiven Lita for what she did to Matt Hardy. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, the hottest goddamn still to this day, the hottest goddamn summer storyline that company could have ever done. <laughs> but uh I, I mean, she still the, she looks great too. Let's not let's not not no, give her listen, flowers. listen. Listen, Lita also looked fine in the ring. You know, it's just uh yeah, I'm probably always been a bigger Trish fan. But look, either way, I think the thing that bums me out the most is that there's almost no chance damage control wins because this feud has felt really lopsided. I would really say that you know i mean, I mean it, you so what i hope comes from this is that just trash has kind of come back here and there i hope like you said i hope she comes back for a little run till SummerSlam or something like that because we I miss her that we miss her uh matt you got any thoughts on this match um it should be fun i mean uh i don't know man i haven't i haven't definitely haven't paid enough attention I do know that uh, I I do like Bailey in the position to like run her faction, throwing the legends in there to to give them a memory. You know, for a lot of people, this is a WrestleMania moment. You know, and this, it, it could be fun. I don't know. I I, I uh, yep. I'm kind of in with Damien. Never never really forg- forgave Lita for uh what she did. You know. Yeah, not and not that, cool. That's canon in my head, so uh, you know, we're sticking with it. Uh, but it I should mean, be that's fun. That's canon in real life. It's a <laughs> real life thing that happens. Yeah, oh yeah, no, no, no. My feelings on it are uh, we're going. Yep, that yep. Way. That's, but, there's no kayfabe in my yo, feelings. Definitely, uh, definitely some asses in seats for this match. You know, it's definitely big money. People are going home with big paychecks, and uh, I think a lot of people are really going to like it. I think the crowd's probably going to react perfectly well to the whole match. So, it should be good. It should be good. Honestly, that's fine. I think that's all I have to really say about this. Lita would have been absolutely legendary if not for that fucking match shit. <laughs> I mean, honestly, she still is. She, yo, she, she was throwing high flying moves that none of the other girls were. 
And yeah, she, look, she definitely deserves her props for all of that. And I think, uh, you know, it's easy to give her that, you know, like, you know, she was the first one in WWE, at least throwing like real legit looking moonsaults. And she had big cargo pants, just like the Hardy. So the kids fucking loved it at the time. Yeah. I, a kid, yeah. I fucking ate that shit up. And, you know, she very much was like, hey, girls. Do you like what Jeff Hardy does? Look at me. You could do that too. It's definitely she's definitely a great character in the history of all that. And with we, that said, she did yeah. some pretty shitty stuff to Matt Hardy. So it is. <laughs> yeah, kind of forget I mean, that. Also, fuck, fuck Edge. Also, fuck Edge. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not. True. I didn't do nothing. True. We kind of forget that like Lita was almost presented at, like at China level at one point where she was you know she she can get in the ring with all these dudes too. Like if you stuck her in a TLC match wouldn't have been that foreign right more than more than a prop is fucking literally throwing a devastating finisher on certain dudes where it's like yo you could turn the tides of this the storytelling in this match by using her as a character you know like that's that's a crazy high-flying move thrown in at any moment that's obviously gonna hurt it's gonna pop kids out of the seats and they're gonna go yeah holy shit she snuck in there and did that and she's one of the greatest of all time for doing that not enough of that. It happens nowadays, and she's she was there, killing it, killing it, and then she did some shit to Matt Hardy. So, <laughs> you important thing to remember here Oops. is that <laughs> is that a bad thing Hardy. happened to Matt Hardy? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The thing just, to take. Yeah, yeah. Oh that's my God, he, you know he came out earlier tonight on Dynamite against uh, who was it? Shit, it wasn't Orange well, Cassidy? He's, he's with the firm. I mean, not the firm. He's you know he's hanging out with uh Isaiah Cassidy. Oh no, he faced um Jungle Boy. Anyway, bro, he came out. People, a huge pop. Delete. I missed that shit. I missed the delete. Anyway, let's. You can't it's forget okay, with the Matt Hardy. Uh, yeah, it's there. You can. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, let's move on. So we got really two fun matches, and you know, I, I'm not gonna fucking skip to the bullshit anymore. Intercontinental Championship. This is going to be the fucking, I'm going to call it right now. This is going to be the match of the weekend. We have. Yeah. It's in a WrestleMania card that is stacked to the gills. This probably will be the best in-ring performance you're going to see. Just potatoes everywhere. And I'm now talking about Sheamus. We have Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre versus Gunther. Ooh, Sheamus. First off, first off, that dude made me give a shit about a dude named Gunther. That is a thing he did. Gunther Stark. Um, which, like, isn't that his actual name? Isn't that his real name is Gunther? His real name is Walter. Is his real name Walter? Oh, you're right. Walter Hahn. Yeah, the, um, the, the internet says, oh, they changed his name. They changed his name. And he said, shh, just go. Just go with it. Just <laughs> Literally, go with it. He, he straight up just went and, like, we've said, we've spilled countless words about the transformation of Walter to Gunther and just, like, his body transformation. But um, aside from the fact that he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, one of the biggest spectacles WWE has, in a match with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, where Drew is one of the biggest faces in the company. Sheamus is one Intercontinental Championship away from having done everything there is to do in WrestleMania. We are still out here kind of rooting for Gunther. And that is fucking crazy. This is 
without a doubt, the best intercontinental championship reign of my life. Um, yes, I agree I, with that statement. As much fun the disrespect as to I, honky tonk, man. Well, you know what, man? I I think the main reason I want Gunther to win here is I want him to break Honky Tonk's record. I want him to have that. That would make me really happy. Um, oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, we could argue Miz. We can argue Jericho. But let him just carry the shit out of that title because Lord knows as soon as he's done with it, then it's back in the foreground. I mean, I... Right, I, all right. You, you, you said know. it. You said it the best. Because you could say no, no dissing Miz or Jericho. Those those are conversations for a different time, right? But though the characters that they played as Intercontinental Champions, as as so much talking and so much less doing than the great Intercontinental Champions of 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 past time, whereas Gunther is is the fighting champion of that belt. You could give the Miz a million Intercontinental Championship matches, and it doesn't do the same thing yeah. for me as Michaels or or Macho Man or, or someone of that caliber when they were, you know, real big shit wrestlers. You know, it it became an entertainment belt, and Gunther said, "No, I am one of the best in the world, and I'm going to hold this belt, and I think it's great, and I think he should shatter that record." And they've been breaking records recently. Let him do it. You know, uh, yeah, it is something that Ryan and I have spoken about ad nauseum, which is if you don't give a shit about the mid card belts, then you do your promotion a disservice. And the Intercontinental Championship being one of the more prestigious uh, wrestling belts in the world, despite its mid card status, um, you know, operating as a mid card upper card belt. This is exactly between this and the way that the United States championship has been, you know, fought over by people that matter. You know, that's probably the single greatest thing Triple H has done since taking over is making those belts feel important. And like you said, you know, I I respect him as for what he's done for the title. Right. Uh, and you know, again, his- I didn't didn't mean to discredit him because it. You know, that guy is a lot of people are watching him, you know, and the cameras go off when he comes out. He's always been a high commodity. He's a high paycheck. You know, of course, he's good for the brands to have that belt. But I, I felt it just became redundant to have that style of guy mm-hmm. because when when Jericho's holding that belt, he's kind of in the same position of being, you know, the 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 real talker, um, you know, not that they're not fighting champions. You know, um, you could definitely say that Jericho is always considered an in-ring great. So, you know, you can't. You can't put him in the mud in that situation at all. Um, but I no, do... but, but I get exactly what you're saying. Gunther, this is this is the working man's belt. It has been since Pat Patterson, you know, right. created it. Um, Patterson, right? He created the Intercontinental. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you mean he won it in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, <laughs> this is the working man's belt, and Gunther has made it exactly what the Intercontinental Championship should always be. I, I agree 100%. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's it's weird because like you don't look at the current belt design. I, you know, you could talk about belt design all day. You don't look at the current IC belt design as like the purple belt or the white belt. You, it doesn't look like that. It's new. It's modern. Um, it's not the Zack Ryder belt. Blah 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 blah. Um, it, but it's weird because the rain behind it is so so good, and maybe we will remember this belt because of Gunther you know maybe there is some some legacy to be had you know it's a it's a, it's a new day yes it is you know? yes it is
it's, yeah, I, mean, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, like just, I don't know. I can't, I can't say enough about this match. How excited. Yeah, the match, is, the match is going to be fucking fantastic. And I think the fact that any three, one of those men could win and I'd be happy about it speaks to the booking. Yeah. Also yeah. like as, as much as we are lost in the sauce with Gunther, I don't want Seamus to win. I mean, of course I do. Of course I do. I him winning the Intercontinental Championship, and I, I I made this point earlier to my assistant director at work. I would argue that him winning the Intercontinental Championship over Gunther, over Drew McIntyre, and compl- and completing this set would arguably be the biggest victory of his career, including beating Daniel Bryan in thirteen seconds. Yeah. Especially because he wants um, to do it, and I'm, I'm assuming he didn't want to beat Daniel Bryan in 13 seconds. I'm assuming the boy got more sense yeah. than that. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. But no, I, I none of them would piss me off. Uh, I think the only thing that would piss me off is a fucky finish. Like, it's a triple threat. I don't really care what happens. Uh, let Drew and Sheamus beat up Imperium. I just want, like, good, hard-hitting action. Or do, you have really like a, do you have, like, a really dark Drew McIntyre? heel turn where he says i've had enough of you and he t- that's he t- t- <laughs> you know that's the that's the third option you know is is drew mcintyre having enough of you and uh i speak you know. with an ohio accent now <laughs> yeah he's like uh, i'm actually not uh, he's like my name's actually tom and uh I'm gonna be your new Intercontinental Champion. That's, that's yeah, it. Triple go. H booking is fucking wacky, man. I don't they know. They just make they just make him Curran White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So now we have the other aforementioned match before we get into the the titles here, the main titles, I should say. We have talk about another up and comer here. We have John Cena versus uh, Austin. Not Aries. Austin Austin Theory. There we go. I'm also forgetting match two, but I'll get to that one. Did you deadass just forget Austin Theory's name? Yeah, I mean, John Cena's promo was that no one cares about him. He's proving a big mouth, John Cena. (laughs) A John, a Cheda. Austin Theory. I don't know why I said Austin Aries. Everybody hates that guy. Um, Yeah, he's bad. For the U.S. belt here. You know, I think we all thought Austin Theory was dead in the fucking water after he cashed in his briefcase. It was kind of like when Triple H was taking over. Everybody said it. He's dead. He's done. That's it. Kind of proving everybody wrong. And Do you remember me not agreeing with you, Ryan? Yes. I didn't agree. Yes, yes. Flowers for Damien. Flowers uh, for me. I will say this about Austin Theory is that he does not need to rely on the chicken shit aspect that comes with a character like himself. No. Um, And he's been cruising. Uh, The Elimination Chamber, even though it kind of had a fucky finish, if it did wonders for Montez, it did wonders for Austin Theory. I will absolutely give that to him as well. Um, This is kind of... uh, I want to say a crossroads for Cena, but it's certainly going to be, you know, obviously you you would have to imagine here that theory is going to win. Um, how he wins is going to be the question, though, but it's kind of going to be like we're definitely in Cena's twilight, but, you know, it's going to be a huge win for theory if he goes over Cena here. I I'm curious to know something what's the last match john cena won Ooh, 
Ooh, because I don't know. You start thinking about it. You start realizing, I, I like a bit. All right, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let, let, let. So like a and a big match outside of a tag. I mean, no, literally, like even forget, like just in general. When's the last time John Cena pinned someone? One, two, three. It was last year. Was it? Yeah. Just checking uh, cage match here. Was that a singles match or a tag match? I'm looking it up. Uh, let's see. Doesn't let me click on it. Matches. Here we go. John Cena and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline on a SmackDown. Yeah. Okay. And before that, in a non-tag match. Oh my goodness. I genuinely don't know if it's sooner than 2016. In a non... Because he faced AJ when AJ was the face that runs the place and he lost. John Cena defeated Kane in 2018. That was his last non-singles, non-house show victory. That is crazy to think about. And yet, every time he shows up, it remains a big deal. Yeah. That's just his, his staying power, even to the fact that, you know, this is almost the end for him. Certainly wrestling full-time, but probably even wrestling, you know? Yes, he can go forever, but all all good stories have to come to an end. But yeah, no, 2018. Holy shit. Matt, does John Cena get 17? I think at this point we know he's not going to. I really I, I, I don't I don't see it happen. I think he's cool with it. So I'll tie Ric Flair. And uh you know, he's one of those guys, you know. I think he's just into putting people over. I think in Austin Theory's case, uh one of the best possible gimmicks that you could have is being like not just being like Vince McMahon's little little thing that he's got going is your daddy isn't here anymore. It's that it's being ex Vince, Vince McMahon's little pet. You know, it's, it's like I was that. And now I've got a, a, a chip on my shoulder and a, a bone to pick, you know, like I think uh, John Cena is the perfect vessel, especially, you know, you just think of theory as in you, you load him into your creative character and his look and this image that this guy has is like, you know, obviously he wants to be John Cena. I think John Cena's career doesn't need 17, um, and he's just paying it forward, man. I think he, uh, I think his loyalty is eternal, and if it's not, it's because he's too stubborn to admit that maybe all that stuff he said to The Rock about being a part-timer is coming back to haunt him, you know? <laughs> and he's like, God damn it, I wish I could yeah. do this less or not at all. But, you know, either way, John Cena, I think, is a... Uh, the best business John Cena could have is is uh, is putting someone like Theory over. I just think uh, he doesn't talk enough. He's got to stop. I guess at this point he's you know he's an old man. He, he doesn't have to listen to anybody. He's 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 he just he's he's so weird about everything. You know, he's so brief. He's he's not like in the business of promoting and talking too much about anything and and. Being a Hollywood actor already, I would think, brought that out of people that aren't like him. And he was like that before he became a Hollywood actor. So John Cena now is like, who fucking knows? Total wild card. 
uh, at least he's giving back to the community by putting uh, young Austin Theory over, you know? Fine speech, Matt. <laughs> the fine speech. Scratch fine speech. <laughs> um, I think that Cena has shown himself to be, if nothing else, extremely selfless uh, in his twilight years. To be honest, I think it was probably always overblown the idea that Cena was outright burying people. Like the only real instance where you can be like John Cena actively contributed to the downfall of a younger star is like the Nexus. And was that him? Did he make the call? Like, I don't yeah. remember if this I can't remember, though, if. I know that there were stories about the Nexus and I, I can't remember if the story was that Cena wanted to lose to the Nexus, but wasn't booked that way. Or if Cena was like, no, I'm winning. I think they couldn't come to an agreement on who the definitive person should be to take him out. I mean, obviously Wade Barrett was primed to be in that position, but you know, I mean, I love, I love me some, some Wade Barrett, but was he really going to be that guy at the end of the day? I mean, Hey, he could easily demand his 17th, championship match at this time um he certainly did not have to lose to rvd but he read the fucking room and luckily vince did too even if it was some even if edge came in at the end but who cares uh i think that's really what it came to but you know it was it was same old shit you know it was what we experienced with roman reigns all all those years a decade ago almost at this point you know it was just the tide of WWE. We want to. We want to sell this guy. He's going to keep winning. It doesn't matter if his opponent has the greatest turn, retiring and then coming back and putting like fooling everybody over in the house. Whether or not Mark Henry should have won, he should have. Uh, but you know, at this point, you're right. Does he have to do this U.S. match against Austin Theory? He does not. But. Certainly, he he can understand who Austin Theory can become, and uh, you know John Cena level probably not, but he he's giving back. He's giving back at a time where you know I mean look at the Rock at that point. He beat and like again the Rock is maybe another stratosphere above Cena, but he came back and he won the championship match is, is what I'm getting at. And Cena could easily do the same thing. He's not. And he's that's just the selfless guy he is now because he's got that peacemaker money, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's keep cruising. Every time I think we're getting to the end, we still have like two more matches. All right. So here we go. Uh Damien's favorite wrestler of all time. We have Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. So I truly don't want to spend very much time at all on this. So I'm going to I'm going to cede all of my time to anything Matt wants to say and the only thing I really want to say here is if you make Seth Rollins lose this match I genuinely do not know what I am supposed to think of him anymore. Um that's all. That's that's all I have to say. Um I tried I tried the prime drink. Um it was pretty good 20 calories. Tasted like a fucking ice pop. Is, is that right? Yeah. What flavor? Uh, uh, the the red, white, and blue one. Whatever it is. I guess it's ice pop is the flavor. It's pretty good. Oh, right, right, right. I've, I've, I've heard about that before. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I know about Logan Paul. Some, some crypto scam 
something something Aoki Gahara. Uh, I didn't do too much research on him. Uh, no, I mean he's a he's he's a natural talent, um, and I don't know that much more. I know the kids all have the same haircut as him. Um, if Seth Rollins loses this match. I don't know, man. I like. Why would you need to put over Logan Paul? Yeah, that's the thing yeah. I'm afraid of because he's probably going to win. I do not want it. I do not want any. Like, he's a great wrestler. We went over this. I get it. He, he he's a great wrestler. I'm gonna yes. him. Sorry, yes. Damian. I have to say it. I do he's not a, want. A, listen, no, 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 let me finish. Wrestler. Let me finish. That's let me finish. Fine. Let me finish. Yeah, that's fine. But what you agree me agree with me on this is that I do not want any more intertwining of Logan Paul and WWE. Where he is right now as a once in a while guy is okay. But right. I, I, I'm reading the tea leaves here and I think he's going to become full time. Yikes. Yeah. I think he's going to become full time. But hopefully we're wrong. We don't spend too much more time on that. But we'll, we'll let Damien seethe in the corner over here. But uh, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to save. Let's 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 go over the two women's matches because I'm gonna save obviously the tag and the title for last. Uh Damien, which one which one would you like to discuss first? So we're just we're are we just listing all matches? Uh yeah. or is this still Saturday? This all matches. Okay. It's so matches. um I think um all right. So I think let's start with Charlotte and Rhea, which which we know has been confirmed it's going on Sunday, uh, which I think means both women's matches are going to be on Sunday. Not 100% on that. Um, but but let's let's start with Rhea and Charlotte. Um, first and foremost, I feel like we can all agree that this hasn't been the most outstanding build for either of these matches, right? Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with you on that. Um, there, may, there may be something behind that. Where I was alluding to that before was that, again, we don't, we don't like to see our women stunted here, but I think they had to stunt it a little bit to, not that it needed it, but they needed, like they understood where the tag match was going to end up on the card, and therefore. They couldn't, you know, I mean, also like how like a Charlotte Flair match and I get it. Like she's been running, she's been running the rounds in the last week or so. Like, Hey, remember me? Yeah. I'm, I should be up there in your guys discussion and I can't disagree with her. You know, I think Bianca and Asuka is a whole nother stratosphere in terms of these two title matches. By all accounts, this should be Ray Ripley's coming out match, even though, I, I I can't really say that. She's here. She's been fucking here. She's fucking dominating. But where this should have been a couple of years ago where she faced Charlotte, you know, I think this is finally going to be her time to get a real big established win like this on a big stage. Um, Matt? When's the last time Rhea's even wrestled like other women? Maybe I haven't well, kept she, up that much. No, she so she is. Like, I mean, she just beat uh Liv like the other week. Um Okay. She's I remember they women. were like a they they were like a tag team for a little while or something, right? 
they were a tag team before Rhea turned heel. Rhea right. turned heel. Uh, okay, so that's how long ago that was. Because in in my mind, you know, I, like I, I don't follow as much as I, I probably should, but obviously I've seen enough. Um, to me, it the feeling I get is like I guess what you could say as a casual fan in this match scenario is um like I haven't seen her wrestle someone you know in her division recently. So for her to go one-on-one with Char, I feel like people like me, um, if I am the casual in this situation, like maybe we've forgotten how good she is, you know, and, and like you're going to see it. And maybe it is that coming out match that you were talking about, Ryan, like, like that could be, that is a thing to me for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely have a little more distant perspective on this and I could say like, I've forgotten. So let's see, you know, is it going to be a barn burner? It, it could be, it very well could be, you know, do you think I don't it might think be a fully, do you think it'd be a squash? Nah, I don't nah, think a squash never. does much for either of them, to be honest. Um, Rhea had her mixed match where she, you know, fought against Beth. Um, she's definitely pre- been presented more China life, but like I said, she has wrestled, but to Matt's larger point, um, she's been a little bit more sparing. Um, I think that I think that the tag match being the most important storyline doesn't really excuse this being just a kind of lackluster build. But that being said, it's a means to an end, right? Charlotte and Rhea have history. Rhea beat Charlotte at Survivor Series when she was NXT champion. Uh, Charlotte went on to win the Rumble, challenging Rhea for the NXT championship and then beating her for it. Um, good history between them. Uh, yeah, Charlotte's character is a little weird right now. She's never been a particularly great face, but like, eh. it really, all you need here is you need Rhea to win and you need to kind of let them put on a barn burner. Give these two women 20 minutes You'll get a fantastic match, make the right decision, and I think we can all go home happier for it. Yeah, give me what Asuka and Charlotte was a couple of years ago with, like, Ray actually winning. Yeah, the opposite <laughs> yeah. outcome. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Um, um, but part. to that match, no, to that match, right, to move on to Bianca and Asuka. Now, again, the feud could have been better. There is history recently, but Asuka's what makes this match compelling is a uh this is definitely one of the most this is one of the more dominant reigns from any champion really in a while in WWE um I would call Bianca's reign on par with the man um I know that people maybe have soured a little bit on her but Bianca's absolutely still that bitch still the EST of WWE um she's been really fantastic as the top person in the division I don't think he could ask for much more as a fan of hers. What makes this compelling is Asuka. This match is really all about Asuka. Um, with due respect to Bianca, who remains one of my favorite wrestlers in the planet. Um, Asuka returning to Psycho Clown Connor Roots is just so goddamn cool. And I think it's incredible that Asuka is almost 40, if not 40 has been wrestling for over 20 years and she is still this goddamn charismatic and compelling and she's she's just so good she's so good oh yeah and like i don't know if she needed to step up 
you know, bringing back the psycho clown. But I mean, you know, I, I think we've had this conversation. Like, I think the last couple of times, like Bianca has been in this point, we we're like, okay, we're ready for Bianca to lose. We're ready for Bianca to lose. It, it's time. It's okay. It's fine. She's had a, a phenomenal run. She's what? 25. She's going to be here for a long, long time. Yeah. She got at least 10 reigns ahead of her. Yeah. So I feel like she's probably closer to 30, but I think her and Tez are similarly aged either okay. way. Regardless, she's going to be here for a while. And, you know, I think this commands that Oscar will win. And certainly where Rhea wants to establish herself, Oscar will reestablish herself as a prominent uh, women in the division. So, yeah, I, both the matches are going to be great. Like, don't don't let our, um, you know. Well, I think Our, these it, are, we have a certain malaise applied to it, but it, it, but I think these are fair critiques. I think like the the biggest critique I can give this WrestleMania is the attention given to the women, kind of in general. It's I don't think that this is. Are they commanding situ- it though? You know what I mean. I mean, that's not. I think it's not I fair think, to to not say that. You know, I think that Rhea and Charlotte could have been a better build. I think that's booking. I think that Bianca Asuka, I don't know. I, I, you know, people kind of wanted to see Rhea and Bianca, and I think that probably would have been cooler. And then you can get Asuka and Charlotte, Asuka getting her win. Maybe that would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I don't, I don't really know that I'd put it on the women. You know, the bloodline has deservedly so. Cer- certainly not. I would, up, yeah. it, the bloodline has taken up the majority of the story. I'm just saying. That's probably the biggest complaint I can have on WrestleMania is the women feel a little bit more like an afterthought than they have in years prior. But that said, you're still getting a bunch of premier women's matches. And to be honest, no matter how you slice it, WWE has the best women's division in the world and are probably outside of stardom the best at booking them. So like it's it's this is not a situation where I'm like, this is a fucking disgrace. It's just uh you know, it's it could have been it. better. That's I all. Get it? That's fine. Okay. Before we go on the last percentile of this, I did forget one match, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I did. Edge versus Finn Balor in the Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Right. I, I was thinking about that. about that. I'm like, yeah. did, did I? No, I forgot about that, that one. Fever dream? Did I forget that? <laughs> it's going so, to be a fever dream. So once more, I'd like to give the floor to Matt. Matt. A similarly styled question to Rey Mysterio, being able to see Edge compete at this level uh, as a longtime fan, as a Brood fan, but also as a New Japan Bullet Club fan. You know, how do you feel about Edge, Finn Balor, Hell in a Cell 2023 and these two being able to do that kind of thing at their respective stages of their careers? Uh, Finn Balor is old. A lot of people don't know that he's older. He's old. He's old. He's old. Um, he's older than people think. Uh, but Edge is older, and Edge is uh, he's having a pretty good old man run. Finn's forty one. He ain't in the grave, but he ain't young. He ain't young. He he ain't young. He looks young, but uh, but he ain't young. Um, I think Edge. Um, the fact he was able to come back and do it all in the first place is like obviously a blessing. Obviously, um. And he is an all-time great, you know. Maybe he doesn't quite crack that top 10 of all-time wrestler, you know. But maybe he's in the conversation in a in a longer list. Um, 
I think uh, I think this is really good. I think him versus Finn Bauer has been for me as a casual fan like a really confusing storyline to follow as to why exactly the, like things turned out the way they did. Like, oh, I'm Edge. I made Judgment Day. I'm going to recruit Finn Bauer, and then blah 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 blah. Finn Bauer is the leader of. I don't and Dominic Mysterio's there. I don't know what's going on. How is Dominic in, involved in so many of these things? Um, but uh, I. I Honestly, just having Edge back is a blessing. Um, and Finn Bauer, Prince David, one of the all-time greats as well. Um, I hope he, he is old, but I hope he could have an old man run and be fucking great too because I've always thought very highly of him. And I, I think uh, they'll have a good old guy versus middle age guy. Mi- type middle of match. old. Middle old, yeah. You know, they'll have a good one of those, you know, that you they're, you're good for you know AJ Styles has had some of those you know like people people have it all the Bullet Club leaders could have that cough cough Kenny Omega uh yeah I, I don't know it should be good you know I, I'm not it's not that I'm not looking forward to it but I just you know I have the expectations are low it should be fine you know I, I think I that. uh sorry Danny continue I understand that and I I respect being like I'm unsure and I will say that. While I'm really happy these guys are getting a blow off uh, at Mania, you know, the fact that Finn is getting on the card in a top spot, the fact that it's once again, like, this is the second time now where WWE is pulled out of Hell in a Cell where I'm like, yeah, this is a few that makes sense for Hell in a Cell. Thank you. Um, I do understand having some lower expectations for a few reasons. First off, we know we're getting the Demon. But conventional storytelling and wrestling tells us that Edge has to win this match. I don't really want to see the Demon now just lose all the time. That's going to bum me out. Um, And, you know, also, you wonder... Edge is... Listen, whenever Edge hangs it up on his terms for good, we're really lucky we got the last three years. And however much more we get out of him is just really cool. Um, I agree with Matt 100%, though. Finn Finn is not that old. He looks incredible. He's still incredible in the ring. He absolutely has what it takes to be back on top, which brings me to, do we think there's any chance at all Finn wins this match? I think there's certainly a chance. In fact, I think if he's going to become the demon, I think that's pretty much how it's going to go. I would hope he did. But we know, are, I would hope he won. We are forget. Yeah, exactly. He won their are... last singles meeting, though. But this is Hell in a Cell. Yes, it is. We're forgetting one little aspect about this match, though. And that it's been rumored that WWE is in talks with Gangrel to come appear. And not only that, I don't know if this is some bullshit, you know, wrestle tweet or something like that. Tony Khan may have given Christian approval to come do a one-off. So that if we get, if we get the brood... crazy. If we get the brood man, because I don't like. Oh, really? It, it's, it's uh, he's done it a couple of times now. Where Edge, I think he did it at SummerSlam last year, where he just, I'm gonna do the brood. I'm gonna do the fucking brood entrance, and it's like, yep. It was like he was doing it the entire time. He did not miss a step. So that's a very important element to add to this match. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's really out of the question if, if that's going to happen and culminate in the way we. Think it's going to happen that Finn will probably win here. You know, 
Dino would be my fantasy booking. My stupid overbooked fantasy booking would be if Edge comes out with the brood, fuck it, give him Christian, give him Gangrel, whatever. My fantasy booking is Edge has Finn on the ropes, and then you hear the slice of a knife Ooh, and the switchblade yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, comes out. The real last rock and roller backing up the original rock and roller. Bullet clubs, past, present, and future all congregating together. Jay White gets Finn the win. Uh, and then I don't care what happens next. That would be my dumb overbooked fantasy. I like that. Um, I, it, I, I think it's, cool. pretty, it's pretty clear that Jay White's going to go to WWE. I'm interested to see when and how and what. But, man, it would just be so fucking cool if he showed up at Mania. It, I would, I'd lose my goddamn mind, and I feel like this would be the spot. But uh, regardless, I am looking forward to this match. I'd like, I'd be happier if uh, Finn won, but it is what it is. Also, Edge debuted the same year that I was born, so that's fun. That's Sexton Hardcastle, baby. The best in the name in the biz. <laughs> All right, so that is our WrestleMania program. Uh, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really been my time. pleasure. I will catch great you, time. gentlemen. And no, just so. kidding. We we have reached we have reached we have reached the end. We have reached what we all came here to discuss, even though we spent the last hour discussing all these matches. Right. So let's just fucking get into it. Uh he said it. He said the I podcast said thing. I said the podcast thing. Mm-hmm. The tag match. We have the Usos uh, versus uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So uh, Matt, Matthew. God damn it. I guess we, we can kind of discuss. We're, this is all going to be a discussion between both matches, but Matt, take it away. All right. Listen, listen, listen. Obviously a tag match between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos. Obviously. That's great. Obviously, that's a good thing, right? Like we're we're all in agreement there. That's a good, right? Yeah, I just hate okay. it. Had I hate that the story turned out this way because of Cody Rhodes. I hate. I'm sorry. Can I can, can I just can I just cut, cut the line on all of this? Because I know how we all feel about this. I hate Cody Rhodes so goddamn much, and he just he. All right, maybe maybe it's twenty percent Cody Rhodes and eighty percent Saudi Arabia, whatever. I can't be mad at Saudi Arabia, but I can be mad at Cody Rhodes. It's really easy. And I know you guys probably agree with me. Um, I hate that it had to be a tag team match. I hate that we have this, like, you have this perfectly preserved underdog just, like, making the audience laugh. And we're all getting together and we're watching the YouTubes. And me and the boys at work are talking about the funny fucking thing that Sami Zayn said on Raw and then blah, 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 blah. And as, as the story progresses, it's a bunch of grown men watching soap operas and it's beautiful and we're so invested into it. And every, it, it just, it just, it, and you get that crescendo of the, the chair to the back of Roman Reigns, right? And we are at WrestleMania and Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns are not in the same fucking match. And it is mind-blowing to me. But there's a reason, and it's not like there's no reason. We have the scientific data to prove that the one thing preventing Sami Zayn from getting that is not Saudi Arabia. It's it's not. 
it's Cody Rhodes. So all my frustration and having to deal with what's going to be a five-star classic tag team match, uh, you know, obviously great. It's going to be brilliant. Fine. Whatever. I hate Cody Rhodes, guys. I can't take it, man. I can't take it. That is, <laughs> that is a mathematical fact. I mean, there is no disputing that there is one reason Sami Zayn is not in the main event, and it is because of Cody Rhodes, not Saudi Arabia. That is a, that's a mathematical fact. That's backed up by empirical data. Right. Statistics. Um, We're talking about statistics. It's a stat. 100% of Sami Zayn is not allowed to be in the main event at WrestleMania because of Cody Rhodes. There's your stat. <laughs> um, you know, Brian, Matt, I'm rooting for Cody. Oh, boy. Yo, but you know what? Just to not to He's cut still you my off. fucking heart. Did you just but, say that? But j- j- just, so, it's okay. It's okay for you to root for Cody here. Because the damage is done by the time we get to Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, it's irreversible. You cannot turn back time. You cannot. I, no, It'll, no, the you damage will be done already, and at that point, I'm, I don't give a shit. He better fucking win. You know. I'm I'm gonna take it a step further and say that I was wrong. This was the right way to book this. This you know, I listened to an early like our first or like third episode ever. We went over a Cody match in AEW, and Damien quote was like, "You know, uh, Cody's in this match. I I don't know. I don't know where his direction's going here. I don't really care for Cody." And that was the first salvo against Cody. <laughs> Here's what I want to. That was the first one. That was, that was the first salvo. It was just patient like this, zero. It was just like this. <laughs> it was like this pithy, like just comment to Cody, just like. He's like, yeah, you know what? Like, out of all the new guys in AEW think... that are trying to present, like, I don't really care for Cody. <laughs> I think what you're saying is our, or well, I'm just I'm a I'm a I'm a featured character in this story, but your guy's storyline is oh. is also coming. It's the storyline of FFC. It is. It is. This it is, is this is this a is huge, our line. This is this is an arc. This is your. It's, it's always been our show, right? Right. So it's, it's always been about me. Everything that's ever happened and is about me in some way shape or form and this is no different um so here's the thing i and and i'm almost positive you can quote me leading up to elimination chamber was was really upset that sammy was not going to be able to win this match it and and i 100 percent feel that this is a perfectly told story that probably should have ended with him winning a title but that being said, I mean, he will win a title. But but that being said, um, I think in a fucked up and very real way, Cody Rhodes's heck injury is the single greatest thing that happened for this storyline. First off, if Cody does not rupture that peck, I don't know that you wait this long. Plans, plans, whatever. I don't know that they wouldn't have kept. I don't know that they would have had the story continue all the way through to Mania that far out. Right. Was was Cody coming in at number 30 at at the Rumble and in winning and talking about overcoming adversity fucking clown shit? Yes, because make no mistake, uh Cody Rhodes is clown shit, right? That's what he is. His whole gimmick is clown shit. But that being right. said, his injury and and subsequent allow, allowance of the Sami Zayn bloodline story to culminate to where it is 
has created a situation that at the expense of being too hyperbolic here, I would argue you maybe haven't seen since Sting and Kevin Nash in WCW where you have two legitimate top baby faces in a company and both of them are coexisting without stepping on each other's toes. Now, mind maybe, you, maybe Mick Foley and someone else, maybe like Foley Dwayne. and Stone Cold, or I was going to say Mick Foley and Dwayne, maybe. And Dwayne. Yeah, sure. Um, but you know, a big difference between like mankind and the rock. And there are some similarities, right? Just in cadence and everything. But a big difference there is, well, I don't know. Dwayne absolutely had the crowd. Mankind had the crowd. They were both over as fuck. But you're also still in a company with Stone Cold. You're also still in a company with Triple H and Shawn Michaels and all these people. And like, I don't know. Could you ever say that Mankind was the absolute undisputed top baby face alongside The Rock? Yes. And that is the larger point I wanted to arrive at is that, you know, um, two points really. When Sammy like up until up until Montreal, I was like, he's not winning, he's not winning, he's not winning. All it took was listening to ten seconds of that crowd to make me think, can they do Foley winning over Triple H at Monday Night Raw all those years ago? Can they not only do that, but can they come up with some way to give the belt back to Roman in order to do the Cody feud? I don't think they could have come up with a possible way to do that. Now. You can like I could easily say, well, you know, Mick Foley did that because he's Mick Foley. Sami Zayn is Sami Zayn, and we we see Sami Zayn now at this scraggly haired, uh, socialist guy, but you know, he's a legend in his own outright. A lot of themes that we've discussed tonight were, and again, I'm going to circle back to what listeners aren't realizing is that we had a discussion about statistics earlier. And by those statistics, I mean Barry Bonds and Wayne Gretzky statistics, where if you take away their goals, their home runs, they're still the greatest players of all time. If you take away Rey Mysterio's WWE career, still the one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. If you Certainly one away, of the greatest luchadors, if nothing else. Yes. If you take away McFoley's WWE career, still one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. If you take away Sami Zayn's WWE career, one of the greatest top echelon indie wrestlers in in the history of all time. But with that said, I do not believe that there was a possible scenario where they could have done it as much as everybody wanted it to happen. But Matt, and this pains me, pains me to tell you this, you have to thank Cody Rhodes. And what I mean by that is <sighs> this storyline. What does this podcast become? And I didn't realize Damien was... Yeah, I know. I know. Trust me. I didn't know Damien was going to bring this up, but it further drives my point home. And it, it, this didn't need to be an intervention for Matt to, to like Cody Rhodes. But who, like, who was it going to be if it wasn't Cody right now? Because C Cody, at least, is making this a palatable thing. Right. What other wrestler would have stepped in to where Sami Zayn... Let's imagine the same exact thing with the bloodline happens throughout. You know, the break. I'll take it. All that. If there was any other wrestler in this situation right now, we would be seething 
and not wanting this individual to win. Hundred percent. And I'll take it a step further, man. I'll take it a step further. So oh, first off, <laughs> so first off, the and I, I mean this wholeheartedly. The minute WrestleMania is over and Cody has had his moment, I will boo him mercilessly because he's almost certainly going to face like it's going to be Finn or Seth or somebody cool. I don't be like, yeah, but no, fuck Cody Rhodes. I don't need him as champion. I want this person. Right. So don't worry. All will be set right after Sunday. (laughs) But that being said, not only was Cody the more palatable choice, I would argue that Cody augmented Sammy in this storyline. Cody's promo before Elimination Chamber. Sammy, listen, Sammy could have said nothing. Cody could have said nothing, and he would have walked into Montreal as an absolute fucking star. Don't, I'm not going to start rewriting history here, right? And Sammy did that on his own. However, the promo that Cody cut against or with Sammy in one fell swoop solidified both of them as top guy main event baby faces existing at the same time whose goals don't fully not align but they don't fight against one another cody's finish your story promo is gonna go down as one of the best promos of his generation and you can say that for a few promos cody has cut he also ended racism against Anthony Agogo, and I will never forget that. So thank you, Cody. <laughs> you know, thank yeah, you, Cody. You know, sometimes I forget about that. You're right. Thanks, Cody. <laughs> but um, you know, in seriousness, Cody Rhodes, who is inarguably massively over with the crowd. Like every week the woes get louder. They are absolutely eating out of the palm of his hand. His story with Roman, the fact that it is literally him refusing to go personal because he doesn't give a shit about the bloodline and only gives a shit about that title for his legacy, for his father's legacy, is the ultimate catalyst for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens' story. And, more importantly, Jey Uso's story. It is because of Cody and the environment that WWE created around those two superstars that allows Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos, not only main event, night one of WrestleMania, but feel like it is of an equal level of importance as the inevitable ending of the longest reign in modern WWE history, in modern wrestling history, a reign only thought of in the same stratosphere as Bruno San Martino and Hulk Hogan. A reign that is just as legendary as Kazuchika Okada's 700-plus day reign of E12. It is because of Cody Rhodes and it is because of Cody Rhodes' ability to get the crowd on his side and to be the white meat babyface that Sammy can exist in the same point and WWE has booked it perfectly. And I don't think I could have thought of anything better than this. And I'm with Ryan. There was no way you could ever get that belt on Sammy where any of this makes sense. Not yet. Maybe. I don't know. 
I, I have to see the end of the movie. You have to see the end of the movie. I have to see the end of the movie. There's a lot I don't like. There's a lot I don't think I'm going to like. There's a lot that doesn't make sense to me, and I get it's wrestling. You know, just be happy it was 70% coherent the whole entire time. I think we're giving Cody a little too much credit for a guy that's only been here in part of the storyline since the Royal Rumble. You know, uh, it's like if you're watching a show, right? We meet Cody in a 10-episode season. We meet Cody around episode seven. And I think that I'm just more fond of episodes one through six and where I thought the show was going. And I, I will forever look at Cody as a wrench in the gears of this, where Cody comes in with this Homelander smirk on his face and he says, we know why I'm here. We know what I'm going to do. Sammy, you know, there's nothing you're going to do about it. Let's just both take it for what it is. I feel like that's what it is. Yeah, no, that's an incredible way to, to put it, too. But it's, it's Cody, like Cody just has to smile like, sorry, pal, I got the job and you did it. We're still I, cool, though, right? Yeah, you know? I know the story so far and it doesn't end with you winning on Sunday. Yeah, one thing I, well, one thing I, where I realized, though, is that as soon as Cody gave that weight belt to whatever kid it was in the front row, it struck me that, oh, my God, nobody filled up that Cena mantle since he left nobody had and cody is tweens. just john cena which means cody and is just hulk hogan oh no there are three hulk hogan's let's let's be fair to everybody here let's be fair real quick first off hulk hogan is the only hulk hogan cena at his work triple h at his worst was never hulk hogan um but i agree that the story the story doesn't work because of Cody. It works in spite of Cody. However, if you put almost any other wrestler in that place, in that time, the entire storyline falls to shit. Cody, I'm not saying that Cody's out here not reading from a script or not. Like, he's following story beats. Cody didn't fucking come up with the bloodline on his own, any of that shit. But what I am saying is... Cody has a unique ability to connect with crowds. It is why crowds turned on him in AEW because they thought they were playing along with a joke that Cody wasn't actually in on. And that was his downfall in AEW. But Cody has an ability to connect with WWE crowds specifically in a way that very few wrestlers ever have. His story after leaving WWE is legitimately one of the most impressive stories in wrestling history. I'm not sure I can think of many people who bet on themselves like that outside of like, I don't know, like maybe you could make an argument for Hogan with AWA, but to be honest, everyone, but fucking Vern Gagne saw him that way. Um, I think that at the end of the day, they knew that they were going to put the belt on Cody and Cody could either phone it in and whatever, or he could sell the shit out of it. And he sold the shit out of it. He sold the shit out of it. He did. But I do agree that at the end of the day, the storyline works because of all the other players. Cody's just helped. And since this is the last time we're likely going to talk with Roman Reigns as champion, I guess the thing that I'd like to sign off on WrestleMania as a whole on is if, Re if Roman Reigns 
never did a single thing for the rest of his career. This story arc would make him by itself one of the best to ever do it. And I think that's crazy we're saying that in 2023. I don't disagree there. I, I think don't he's either. One of, I think he's one of the best of all time now, and it's clear as day. So, Damien, you talked about wrestlers betting on themselves and leaving and coming back. How many wrestlers were dead in the fucking water as Roman Reigns was, despite winning two championships? Don't get me wrong there, but we all knew it. We all bled over that three-year stretch where he was just winning and we we hyped ourselves up on these royal rumbles like it was our our sacred four hours of the year oh they're not gonna they're not gonna affect the royal rumble they're not gonna they're not gonna make him come out of 30 what that's preposterous and it happened he's not gonna beat he's not gonna headline wrestlemania he's not gonna be triple h you know dean ambrose is gonna be in that spot he beat triple h and And yet and yet you know we all wanted him to be healed. It's funny that you mentioned we were we were begging for it. We, we were really begging were. for it. The only thing to make this work is just make him a heel. And I'm glad you brought up like the the philosophies and aspects of AEW versus WWE. Not even like a who's better sort of sense, just how the fans think. You know, that's a perfect example with Cody. That like you know, like AEW fans, like we get it. We're we're dirt sheet fiends. We. They thought they were in on the joke. Like, no, we're supposed to do this, Cody. Like, what do you mean you're not joking? And it just never came, you know? Uh, and I think we were waiting for that ultimate turn. And, you know, Roman had some bumps in the road with leukemia and stuff like that, where maybe he wasn't able to pull the trigger. People left. Dean Ambrose left. A whole other company started. So maybe that was a landscape for him to eat, uh, breathe easier in that he didn't have people like Adam Cole coming in. He didn't have Daniel Bryan just you know, winning the hearts of all the people in the crowd and like, he's going to be the champion, you know, whether what, whatever aspects and things worked for him to be in this position. I don't know a single guy that has done it to the magnitude that he's done. Certainly people have had, you know, swaths of, you know, downtimes and more valleys than peaks in their career, but to go to rock bottom and then to not only go up to the top, but to, the heavens of pro wrestling people like you're, you're, you're talking in with him with people like Sam Martino and you're not doing it in a contrived way that WWE wanted you to in 2015, 2016. Right. You're legitimately saying it as a pro wrestling fan that that guy is up there. And yeah, if Roman Reigns retired next Monday or this coming Monday, one of the best to do it, baby. I just want to add quick, like one of the ways I've, I've liked to put it recently is um he went from always winning to never losing and that is the best transformation he could ever had it's a great way to put it i think the only thing that i can really add to any of this is ultimately the only thing that really comes to mind is rocky maivea becoming the rock die rocky die okay fair um, but to be honest, I he think was, that it's that goddamn bloodline. He, he was never. Yeah. I don't think the only thing with Rocky was is that I don't think that he, like he wasn't put in a championship match as Rocky Maivia. That exactly right. He was Intercontinental Champion. He was in the nation, and he he wasn't shot to the moon, shoved down your throat the way that 
Roman was. And also, unlike The Rock, you knew Roman was a really good wrestler. You knew that Roman was was good in the shield. You knew he was probably better than what you were seeing. But it wasn't like The Rock, where Rocky Maivea, you're like, boy, this dude just oozes charisma, doesn't he? Like, And you know he's yeah. kind of one good break away from breaking out. Roman, you're kind of like, I don't know how much better he is than this, honestly. The Tribal Chief is, without a doubt, one of the best heels in wrestling history. Period. Point blank. Any era. Doesn't matter. The Tribal Chief is going to go down as one of the greatest characters in wrestling history. And what made that work was not booking, was not smart writing, was not supporting cast. I mean, it was all those things. But it was Roman. Yes. It was Roman 120%. Yo, can um, I tell you, uh, just just because you've triggered the memory in my brain, you know what my favorite part of this whole storyline has been? It's one moment, one single moment where everybody important is involved. Except Cody Rhodes, but you know we'll get to that. Um, Sami Zayn says, we're supposed to have peace. The tribal chief says he wants peace. And Jay interrupts him and says, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says. And the most blockbuster action star, like movie oh villain pose I've ever seen in the history so of wrestling. Good. The camera zoom. Bro, the camera zoom, Roman looking up. It's just the sudden look up, oh, the slow holy, turn. Holy shit, dude. It's Paul like, Heyman looking like he watched his face. Exactly. Paul, Paul Heyman's such an integral part of that whole. You know, if a picture says a thousand words, this 30 second clip says 20 million. It's brilliant. That is so that's how you know that your storyline is good. It's like everybody who's seen that you show them that little six second spot and everybody gets goosebumps and everybody loves it. And it's just it's a testament to how good the whole run was at that moment. Jay doing Jay, Sammy being the the nice guy trying to help everybody else. Paul Heyman observing in the back and Roman Reigns again. That multi-million dollar stare that he does is is so brilliant. So brilliant. Yeah, uh, it just... One... Sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah, just, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. just truly... Uh, just truly one of the most incredible things I think you'll ever really see in wrestling. Just absolutely outstanding. And uh, Jay and Roman are really the engine to the bloodline. So one final is whatever. One final thought I want to make here or one final point. This match probably doesn't have any factor in the long run because the real story is now what of the bloodline? Who's going to, who's going to step up to the plate? Where are we next year? What a solo fucking Sokoa because where that guy is great is going to be a whole nother planet. And so, yeah, we've just begun. We really just begun. We, we are leaving episode one and now we are going into episode two. Sorry, five and six, my bad. You know what I meant? You know what I meant? (laughs) So, you know, all in all, this is going to be, you know, this is, this is a long episode. This is a long episode, but the mania this mania has deserved it. Um, 
Vince maybe being in creative doesn't even matter at the end of the day. What matters is we are really fortunate to be able to watch this storyline play out with the players that it is involving, with the booking we have gotten. Hasn't always been the best, but has largely worked. And I'm I'm more excited for this weekend than I have been for many, many, many years. Point blank. Um Yeah, I've before this is, I this is probably since uh before two thousand ten, dare I say. Yeah, honestly, well, I, like I, Kofi I Mania, I was really excited for Kofi Mania. I don't know that I cared that much about anything else, but as a whole, yeah. This is the most excited I've been as an adult for a mania, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe with the rumors of the Hardys coming back was like an, a, another big, but that was just a moment. There's a lot in this mania that's like more than just that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Saturday. It's Sunday. What does it start at, Ryan? Five, six, seven? It's going to, well, let's, you know, stand and deliver should be a good show. That's going to start at one on Saturday. And then the main action is to start around six with the main show at starting at eight. Um, I, there's way too many things happening to try to give you a full rundown of anything else, but just to name a quick few, right? Stand and deliver Johnny Gargano versus Grayson Waller, Ron Breaker versus Carmelo Hayes for the NXT championship. Uh, Wesley versus the, premiere of Dragon Lee versus J.D. McDonough versus Ilja Dragunov versus Axiom, Roxanne Perez versus Zoe Stark versus Gigi Dolan versus Tiffany Stratton versus Lyra Valkyria versus Indy Hartwell. Um, Just a really great looking card. Uh, That's on Saturday at 1. Multiverse United, New Japan and Impact, March 30th. Uh, Kushida versus Leo Rush. Um, Kenta versus Minoru Suzuki, Trey Miguel versus Clark Connors versus Kazarian versus Kevin Knight versus Rich Swan versus Rocky Romero, Jeff Cobb versus Moose, Mike Bailey versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, crazy super card of super <laughs> card of honor, super card of honor. Friday, March thirty first, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Daniel Garcia, Claudio Castagnoli versus Eddie Kingston for the Ring of Honor World Championship, El Hio Del Vikingo versus Commander for the Triple A Mega Championship, Wheeler Yuta versus Katsuyori Shibata for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, Athena versus Yuka Sakazaki for the single for the Women's Championship, Samoa Joe versus Brit Mark Briscoe for the TV Championship. The Lucha Brothers versus Top Flight versus The Kingdom versus Aussie Open versus La Facion Ingobernable for the Reach for the Sky Ladder match for the vacant Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. Blessings to Jay. And that's just the big, big stuff. That's not even talking about what's happening on fucking the actual weekend itself on the indies, where just to even try to name a few in no particular order is like a truly daunting thing to try to do here. I mean, for fuck's sake, we've got GCW Gringo Loco, 10 PM. I think on Sunday, Hio Del Vikingo versus Laredo kid Gringo Loco versus psycho clown. Uh, 
Black Taurus and Los Vipers versus Commander Aries and Aramis. That's the same day as WrestleMania Saturday. Yo, can GCW. I just say, uh, Vikingo is like my favorite wrestler ever. Hell yeah, that, dude. yeah go, he's so go, good, go, dude. Go watch that Kenny Omega match from last week. Oh yeah, God. phenomenal, my co- dude. My coworker comes up to me the other day, and he's kind of he's an older guy, but he's kind of a fan of like you know late like golden era WWF. He's like, my son was watching AEW Dynamite. He's like, you watched it? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I seen a couple of episodes of that. He's like, they got this. They got this guy from Mexico. Holy shit! And like, just the fact that like, the power that he had to make my coworker come up to me and like talk about him is just—he's gonna be legendary. You know, yeah, Conan's gonna hold on to him for dear life, but he's got to let him go eventually. And when he does, I think it's he be will. Huge. Listen, man. GCW Joey Janela Spring Break Seven. Hio Del Vikingo versus Mike Bailey. The Motor City Machine Guns versus Nick Wade and Jordan Oliver. Kota Ibushi versus Joey Janela. I mean, it just keeps Wild. going. It just keeps fucking going. Every single time you try to look at any of these 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 indie shows, they just all look goddamn incredible. Um, yeah, like trying to name all of the you know prestige wrestling uh friday 4 p.m miyu yamashita versus taya valkyrie ultimo dragon and the time splitters kashida and alex shelley versus tom lawler joral nelson and royce isaacs Titus alexander versus michael oku it's just so point being um if you don't do shit this weekend watch mania and consider Supercard of Honor, Multiverse of Matches, Stand and Deliver. I mean, this is just an outstanding, outstanding weekend for wrestling. And for Mania to feel as big as it is now, finally, again, at the forefront of wrestling, to have all of this incredible stuff surrounding it, we are truly blessed. Um... And it's all also thanks Kaido to Cody Rhodes. It's Thank all thanks you, to Cody, Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. It's also Cody Rhodes' fault that Kaido Kiyomiya lost the GHC Heavyweight Championship to Jake Lee. But, you know, whatever. It's for another time. Um, Matt, this has been a long one. You've been a trooper. You've been a stalwart, a historian. The floor is yours, my friend. Tell us what's going on. I don't know, man. A lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling's coming up. It's overwhelming. A lot of wrestling. But what's happening with you? Tell us what's happening with you. Uh, you know, just living life, working. Uh, me and the boys, Sargasm, just wrapped up recording a new record. Uh, there you go. Yeah. See, I got to drag that out of him. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not really supposed to talk about it. Uh, we've been very s- secret and, and, and sneaky about it. Uh, but yeah. Do I, I need I, to edit this out? That's right, uh, folks. New sargasm this Monday. It's going to drop. Yeah. Matt promised so exclusively on FFC. It's, it's 45 songs. It's the EP's <laughs> only four minutes. Um, it's demo- like fucking... Chinese democracy too. Uh, it, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, we we we're hard at work. Rest, Westfall Recording Studios. Uh, that's like a it, that's like a fucking mid-length discordance access album. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, I when it comes out, uh, we don't have a release date. It is uh, we're we're still sorting some stuff out. I I can say that. I don't think anybody will be mad at that. Um, we have a uh, maybe got a single coming uh, your way. 
soon is uh it's all relative you know the sun will explode soon you know god <laughs> within oh, the next god. four million years or four billion years i i, re- I regret giving you this platform <laughs> <laughs> but i'm saying it'll it, it'll happen soon and uh yeah i think you guys will really take it i really do in all seriousness um but yeah uh yeah so sargasm soon soon tm trademark but yeah uh, other than that uh i don't know just happy to be here guys i always uh i'm very appreciative of any time i get that text from doyle hey you want to be on the podcast always good to me always uh brightens my day you know and it's uh always fun you guys just know your shit it's a uh, it's a good good time and a good place to uh talk about you know nerdy wrestling stuff that that has consumed my life for as long as it has and uh this year especially mania is crazy it's crazy so uh yeah i don't know thanks guys i appreciate you thank you bud no, Door's always open we're... The forbidden door is always open. Not so forbidden anymore. (laughs) Um, You know, folks, I don't think there's much more we can say. Uh, This boy is going to be dropping early. So, you know, get your, get your, your, your listening ears on, get your headphones in and just, uh, just binge with us. Right. Binge with, and remember uh, the last couple of episodes, we started doing little lead-ups for this. So if you wanted to see the storylines developing a little bit more here, a couple of other alternative takes. Remember that those episodes are there for your taking. Or don't. Whatever. I don't care. Drink it in, man. Um, I guess just a quick ending, Ryan. Did you load up a legend killer for us? Uh, you know, we, we got so impassioned into the discussion. This, no, I don't have one. That's uh, you know what, Damien, talk about uh, Damien things for just two minutes. I'll, I think I have one. Just give me two minutes. Uh, see, Ryan did a mistake here. Is you don't want Damien talking about Damien things because Damien things, they're weird. Like, uh, okay, for example, right? Yeah. yeah. So tell him. So, so, so homelessness. Not a great thing, right? Not a great thing. That not exists. a huge fan, honestly. Not a huge fan. About 100,000 in New York City right now. Uh, and that's... It's not that I'm not a fan of them. It's it's the concept of what it is I'm not a fan of. People should... Yeah, not you, a, you know what I mean? Just just to be clear. Just to be clear. Should it not have a place to live? Seems like a simple enough concept. Right. But, um, you know, I think if there's one thing I've learned from my years of you know, running a wrestling podcast and being a social worker. It's that wrestling fans have more in common with the homeless. Okay. I found one. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect time for Doyle to come back. You know, I still have a couple of old tricks up my sleeve. All right. Oh God. Are you guys ready for this one? Uh, No, I never am. I, I always get so nervous at this part. I've been here before. Here it comes, Legend Killer. Let's stretch this out another hour. We are here to discuss wrestling. Na-na-na-na. Oh boy! See, this is what happens when Ryan tries to fucking. What do you, what do you have? T-Mobile over there, huh? Yeah, fucking cricket. Ouch! Ouch! I have singular. <laughs> I never left, baby. Yeah, I bet you do. 
You're the, that's because you're the, that's because you're the singular customer. Oh, oh shit! Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just wireless mobile just for you. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> it's got the best customer service because the whole division is just dedicated to Ryan. It's just me. All right. Interesting. I don't. Damien, what is this gentleman's name? <laughs> this gentleman's name is Dave P. Okay. And that is the floor is yours, guys. Or a, or a lack thereof. Yeah, there's none of that going on here, you know? T- to be honest, if you like told me that was like Vader, I'd probably believe you. Yeah. Not Vader. Not Vader. Or uh, like. Is it Otis? Not CW, no. CW, are you sure <laughs> not it's not Otis? Otis? <laughs> no, this is like 1990. I would say 1992 around that time. All right, I'm thinking. Bam, I'm bam, thinking. Bigelow. No, uh, a lot more tattoos. It's Gangrel, isn't it? Ryan. It's got to be Gangrel. Ryan, are you? Hold on, I'm getting a text, Matt. What is this? Sorry, couldn't hear you over the sound of embarrassment and shame from how easily and quickly you got that legend killer. Please send my humblest regards to Matt. I am now committing seppuku. Oh, well, geez, that's a little dramatic, don't you think? Yeah, at least he's going with honor, though, you know? That's that's true. It's all about honor. Well, the good news is, folks, uh, we were right. Dave Heath, that's Gangrel. That's good old, that's good old Gangrel. Um, Gangrel, of course, the leader of the brood. It is, in fact, his full name, David William Heath. And uh, that's right after he got to WCW early in his career. He was actually trained, funnily enough, by Dean Malenko and Joe Malenko's father, Boris Malenko. Um, that was him starting in WCW before eventually developing the Vampire Warrior going into WWS, starting the brood, and, uh, you know, there we went from there. Um, But being that Ryan had such shame about not being able to stump us, that he had to very dramatically, I might add, end the podcast on his end, Um, I've decided that Matt is now the new Ryan. And just to stick it in Ryan's dumb, stupid face, (laughs) Matt... I want you to do the outro. Oh, God. Uh, line. All right, I got this. For Damien and for myself, this has been the most electrifying, most must-listen-to podcast, sports entertainment. You're doing great. This has been FFC. Couldn't have said it better myself. Hell yeah.